The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hey, sis, how are you? I hope that you are doing well. I am super excited to be back in front of the microphone with you this week as we're going to be talking about a topic that I really love to talk about. So for those of you that don't know, I actually have an eight-week program called Show Up Sis, where I teach ambitious women of faith like yourself how you can overcome self-sabotage and procrastination so that you can become more disciplined, productive, and fulfilled. And I teach you how to do that in a number of ways through my eight-week program, but I really touch on mindset. And last year during the pandemic, I did time management coaching on the side with a bunch of friends as well as some random people too, the clients that found me when I would promote this here and there secretly um, because I wasn't ready to really put it on social media because I was really trying to understand what this lane meant. And so from doing about a year and a half of time management coaching, a little bit all throughout my pregnancy and then a little bit after I had Elijah, I realized consistently throughout the time that I was serving a lot of my clients that a lot of them struggled with some form of self-sabotage And that self-sabotage was causing them to procrastinate. And so for those of you that don't know what self-sabotage is, it can come up in a different and a number of ways. And so really self-sabotage is like the behavior and the thought patterns that hold us back and prevent us from doing what we want, doing what we know and what we want to do. And so I wanted to offer a level of compassion um, in this episode because I think especially what I have learned and going through my own personal entrepreneurship journey is that we are inundated with and really just like bombarded with a bunch of information that it can create a lot of fear. It can create um, our normal way of wanting to actually go after things become slighted because we have so many different things going on. And then also too, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, which I don't think we all realize how burnt out we might be or might feel because of that. And so I have really um, taken the time to just kind of reevaluate for myself in my own systems and my own ways of doing things, because I think in teaching in this program, I, I am not the coach that's going to teach you to work yourself into the ground. I am not the person that's going to teach you to um, not be efficient with your time, not give yourself grace. But what I am big about is teaching you practically what does giving yourself grace look like? What does putting boundaries in place look like? What does it look like to set up your day for success? What does it look like to create ways for you to actually be more consistent and more disciplined within the time that you have? But also, how do you even work yourself up to do those things? How do you even begin to understand why these things may or may not have happened and really addressing knowing what that looks like? 
And so what I've learned is that self-sabotage comes up in a, a lot of different ways. It can come up through intentional avoidance, putting ourselves down, fear of failure, lack of self-worth. We have a lot of personal blame towards ourselves, this need for control and a lot of perfectionism. And I think I always say that I never want to shame people for if you're in a rough season, because I know for myself, when I've been in rough seasons before in the past, it was very hard for me to receive positive words of encouragement or positive words of affirmation. Or on the other side of that, for myself, I'm the type of person that sometimes just needs to get gone off on like, girl, girl, just get it together. But I recognize that sometimes you just need a a b c d e f g and so i wanted to really kind of talk about procrastination in the sense of how it can come up but i also want to talk about how it comes up in a way that's not as shaming but to give you some language and some ability to be self-aware because i think that when you were self-aware we or even when we have language we're better to identify what might be happening with why we may or may not be doing something or why we may be in a season that's really rough and so I think that especially now that we've all experienced a pandemic, we don't recognize that we were pulled out of our social circles. We were pulled out of our ability to self-care on a consistent basis from being around people. We were pulled from our jobs, which some of us that, you know, may have been good or bad, but also that was pulled from our routines. And we as human beings really thrive in routine. Um, we And with being pulled from our routines, we were also pulled from the ability to be around people consistently and not have this fear. And so also the other things that have been pulled, you know, just from this is just, you know, ability to worship together, ability to have community. And, you know, some of that may still be consistent for people, you know, who are practicing safety. But I think for a lot of us, that may be lacking. I know for myself, one of the things I miss so much about working a nine to five is my coworkers. Like my ability to just walk down the hallway of my job and go down a hall and walk into someone's room and say, hey, girl, let's have a conversation. You know, that's missing. It's me by myself. So there's a lot of times I can be in my own head. And y'all like being in your own head is is rough. And I will say that thankfully I have gone through counseling, so I'm very aware of the triggers. I'm very aware of what might set me off a little bit. And I'm really good about making sure that I'm consistently talking to God about these things. And he himself brings things my way that really, really always ground me back to square one. Um, But I want to just give this before I get into talking about procrastination. I was listening to a youtube video by eric thomas i don't know if anybody knows about eric thomas but i love 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 him he's a motivational speaker and he's really really like go off on you but i think that what i recognize with him um for some people about four or five years ago i wouldn't have been able to take that message and so i think when you are healing and or haven't haven't gone through maybe your healing journey You look at things very differently from a different perspective. 
and as whereas things might seem as helpful to other people or other people might try to be helpful for you it may be too much for you it may be overwhelming because you don't have the a b c d e f g steps and so i don't want you to feel like you're crazy for why am i not doing x y and z why am i not accomplishing x y and z when in all reality sis a lot of this too may be taking it literally micro micro small and so some of that is really working to understand where these things come from now spiritually there is a component with this where there's a lot of um spiritual warfare that happens but i'm going to talk about this in a very practical way um to help you understand what are some things that you can do to kind of begin to address procrastination if that's something you feel like you struggle with but also giving yourself the time I'm also the type of coach where I'm not going to say to you just because you learn these things in two months in my program that you're going to have it right off the bat. For some people, you may, for some people, it may take them six months. For some people, it may take them a year. For some people, it may take them four weeks. And, and really with that is understanding your level of temperament, but also understanding where you are in your own healing process and also where you are mental health wise, because that is super important. I think we neglect that as a means of understanding that it's not important. And yes, there's hard times, but I do want y'all to remember that you can't give up in the process just because it's hard. Just, I was talking to um, my business coach yesterday because we did a podcast and y'all hear that uh, soon, but she said, you know, in her healing process and therapy, she says, there are so many times I just go to therapy and I want to give up. And I just think about for myself, what would have happened if I gave up? What would have happened if I said, no, I don't want to do this? What would have happened if that would have been just a different mindset at the time to just not do it? And really what, what I recognize is the importance of consistently handling what is in front of you and also consistently handling what you can at the time. Most of us don't have the capacity to probably take on the fullness of something that we see vision wise vision wise you may have a vision of seeing yourself in these places or doing these things but you have to know that capacity wise are you at the place where you can carry it and if it's not if you're not if you're not at the place like for example to be in a really committed relationship where you can steward someone one in a marriage if you're talking about marriage but also steward yourself because sometimes even stewarding yourself is one is a task in well in stewarding your marriage. And so I think that we have to give ourselves the ability. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean you make steps towards a relationship if you're in one. And I'm not saying that you can't heal while you're with someone. And I'm definitely not saying get out of a relationship if this is somebody that God has for you and you know that you're healing. Because here's the thing. I was with Nico for four and a half years before we got married. I didn't start therapy until three months before our wedding. I had been in therapy previously three other times, but I wasn't at the place maturely, mature wise to heal in the way that was going to be a benefit. And so I started my healing process while about to marry him. So I'm, don't take my words or allow that to be a thing where you can't do these things at the same time. But what I'm saying is I had to learn my capacity. I wasn't at a place where I was strong enough to really, and there were rough patches with him and I even throughout that process because I equated 
myself as knowing everything. I thought I knew everything. And like, sis, I did not know nothing, okay? I didn't know anything. I didn't know what it looked like to be a wife. I had never been taught. All I had seen was divorce. And so for me, it was like, how do I, you know, love somebody? And here's the thing. People can prepare you all day long, but and, and I and I'm not against people prepping you. I'm not against you having like wise counsel. I'm not against that. But there is nothing that can prepare pre, pre, prepare you for it until you're in it. It's almost like having a baby. Nothing can prepare you for having a baby until you have the baby in your arms. You can prep for it, but there's nothing like being in the process. And so we sometimes don't even walk through the process because we're scared of what the process is going to look like. And really, you don't know until you're in it. You don't know until you're in it. And so with that being said, I think we have um, have to give ourselves the understanding that, yes, for one, we all are in the middle of a pan- panorama, a pandemic, a panini. That's what I call it, my different names for the p- pandemic. And there has to be a level of grace to our, towards ourselves, but also practically what does that look like? So I'm going to talk about procrastination in a, in a little bit, and I'm going to give definitions of it, but I'm also going to show how it comes up. And then I'm going to give you five tips on how you can actually start to work out of that. why do we procrastinate um and why this can come up and i also want to give the understanding of your own personal season because i think that we can especially for my high achievers such as myself we can almost equate seasons where we're not doing a lot as we're doing something wrong or we should be working or we should be doing something when in all actuality you really might just be in a season where you need to rest and that's not a bad thing Um, You don't always have to be doing something. You don't always have to be in a place of super ambition. There have been so many moments in the last couple of years that God has said, go. And he's been like, I remember there was one point in time in 2019 where he told me to run. He was like, run with blinders and run fast. And there was an urgency to do and do and create and do a bunch of things. And then when I was pregnant, I remember a period of time during my pregnancy, he said, do not do anything else. You need to rest. And I did not understand that at all. It was actually very overwhelming for me because I just thought, this is not what I want to do. Do Lord, show me what else I can do. And he really consistently was like, rest. And this season currently, for me right now, it's just finding my systems Um, My word for 2021 was sustainability. And so for me, being sustainable means how do I begin to build out um, the life that I'm creating that with you, Holy Spirit, but it be sustained. Like, I don't believe God is in the business to bless us where it's squandered. And so many times we rush processes out of thinking that that's what we have to do the resolve to get there but your x y and z may be somebody or or somebody else's x y and z may be your abc at a different point sometimes we try to put ourselves in a season 
season in that we're not equipped or at the place where we can handle. We rush stuff. And so a lot of times with that, we look at what we're currently doing as it's not good enough. It's not, uh, it's not, I'm not doing enough. And so then we overload, 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 say yes to yes to yes to everything. And in all, all actuality, what happens is you really just then overwhelm yourself. And then what happens is the things that you really want to do to build on, you end up not doing and you avoid and you procrastinate. So why do we procrastinate? For one, it's habitual. So it's something we do out of habit. It's something that out of habit for so long you've done. Um, I've had a lot of clients come to me and identify themselves as procrastinators. And I said, you're not a procrastinator. That's the behavior you do. That's not who you are. But because you've done this for so long, you then begin to identify yourself as someone who does their best at the last minute. And really, that just comes down to um, improper planning. But how stressful it is to do something at the last minute. How stressed are you when you do things when it's really like at the at the crux end? Yeah, you pump it out. But really, you're pumping it out because at the point you have no other choice but to do it. And so it becomes habitual. You procrastinate because you're overwhelmed. You have a million and one things on your plate. I procrastinate when I have too many things on my plate and I don't have a system in place or I don't have anything organized that helps me lay out my day. And so when I'm overwhelmed, I'm very forgetful. I also don't know how to write things down. I'm I don't I'm not aware of my actual routines anymore. It's almost like I have my routines in place of what I do, but everything like kind of flies out the window because I forget. Um there's no real plan and you don't plan well. That's another reason why you procrastinate. And because you don't have a real plan or you don't plan well, you literally don't do it. What I say to people is when you don't know what to do, you don't do anything. I'll say that again. When you don't know what to do, you end up not doing anything. Everything flies out the window and then you're like, I don't even know where to start. So then what happens is you then don't do anything. And so this becomes a precursor to a lot of the procrastination because you're overwhelmed. A procrastination also may come with your thought process or your mindset. This can be heavily tied to trauma. Sometimes we don't know and I, I can't wait for y'all to hear Jasmine's interview when I did it with her because she talks a lot about how for herself, she went to therapy for postpartum and also um, the transition out of corporate America. And so she was like, you know, I'm struggling with, with all this anxiety and I didn't know. And it wasn't until she said she went to therapy that she realized she started then talking about her parents, started talking about how they said things to her or they did things to her and mindset wise it created this conditioning for herself where she then said, I didn't have my own identity. I was told what to do. I had to basically become like a parent at this age and there was no time to be a child. And so this created this overachievement and, and just almost like a normalcy of this is what I have to do. And so a lot of times our thought processes in the way we grew up and the way that we've been told even in religion, even in our, our relationship with God, we've been told a certain way to do things instead of having the understanding of really building your relationship with God for yourself. But because we are naturally people who want to learn and are curious and really want to know and be um, providing an example, we almost negate this and go to our own um, 
our own default this was something that jasmine said yesterday i thought was good she was saying you know when we're challenged with stuff um and we don't and we know there's tools that we're that we're gonna use or we need to use for that when it gets overwhelming we automatically go to default which that in case could be let's say you're working to try to put boundaries in place with people and it becomes so uncomfortable for you that you end up going back to default of I'm just going to give in. And what happens is then you throw everything out the window and you don't actually push through the discomfort, which means you stay where you are. And then what happens is you avoid it. You avoid the conversation. You avoid dealing with the uncomfortability because you just don't want to handle it. And so going into that, procrastination also can come up with a lack of boundaries. You have a lack of boundaries. You don't know how to say no to things, say yes to everything. And so then what happens is you don't have the time nor the space to actually do what you want to do. So everything on your plate gets put off and everything on everybody else's plate or for um, in, in general, everything else becomes higher. And there are seasons where some things are more priority than what you need to do. So like for me, like my business wasn't super priority when I had Elijah at first. And I equated the fact that I wasn't working on my business or working on certain things as laziness. But God had to remind me, like, you just went through a huge transition. You cannot expect yourself to be doing X, Y, and Z even on top of this, but naturally my heart and my habits and the way that I grew up and the way that I saw things was always in work mode. And so it became very, very frustrating to put the boundaries up for myself to say, you cannot do this right now. You have to focus on this space where you are. And it wasn't until about six months into Elijah going into, um, daycare that actually was able to be in work mode I think I started working back again maybe when he was about four or five months old but that was a struggle to even get to because it was just like this need of wanting to dive in versus gradually working to it okay and then last but certainly not least um this also procrastination connects to self-sabotage now there are more things that relate to procrastination there's other things related to this like depression there's other things related to this as um, anxiety and it's not necessarily blaming the fact that you're depressed as to why you're procrastinating but depression has this long is basically this long-standing type of sadness where you don't have the energy you don't have the positivity you don't have the ability to get yourself up to do basic things like take a shower like call a friend like go walking like eat food and when your basic needs aren't able to be met, it's very hard for you to have this positive go for the hilt mind frame because you're so like encrusted with, I'm not even basic. I'm not even brushing my teeth. I'm not even making sure I take a shower. I haven't went and got my hair done in a while. I haven't went and got my nails done in a while. I haven't basic take care of my basic needs. And so what happens is, is those things get pushed on the back burner and then we feel bad for the reason why we're not doing this, not realizing that we're probably struggling with some other type of mental health concern that has to be addressed first. I remember reading in First Kings, I think it is, when I was reading about Elijah and when Elijah um, ran away from Jezebel, he literally told God, he sat under a tree and said, I want to die. He literally said, I want to die. And what was so interesting to me, and I'm going to find the verses, 
um, what was so powerful to me with this was immediately what happened was an angel from the Lord came and literally told Elijah to eat and rest. He literally said, eat and rest. Why would that happen? Um, because here's the thing when you're so overwhelmed and you're at the point where you're like, I would rather die. You literally at that point then need to rest. It's first Kings 19. You need to rest. And even the scripture, I'm going to look it up real quick. Even in the scripture, the Bible said that the angel of the Lord told him to eat more and to rest. I'm going to find it um, real quick. And so what I use this as an example is to say like, this is why mental health matters to the father so much because he's not concerned about um, the fact that you may not be pushing out content. You may not be having a platform because really all those things are not important to be honest with you. Like having like it's a blessing to be able to serve God. It's a blessing to be able to serve God in this way on a a platform. But if he were to say, put this down, I would just be obedient, put it down. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, having my relationship with God trumps all of those other things. But sometimes the getting to a level of maturity to say that takes time and it takes the understanding of your personal relationship with God, but also your personal well-being. And so this is what it said. It said in first Kings 19, it says he lay down and slept under a. This is verse five. Um, and he basically verse four, he he basically told the Lord, he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take my life. I am no better than my my father's. He laid, he basically asked God to kill him out of the agony of what he was feeling. And so he so it's, he said he lay down and slept under the juniper tree, which basically means he rested. And behold, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked and by his head, there was a bread cake baked on a hot coal and a pitcher of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then, So he ate and drank and lay down. So he literally replenished himself and didn't go back out. He went back and rested. Then the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey of the journey is too long for you without adequate sustenance. So he got up and ate and drank. And with the strength of that food, he traveled 40 days and nights. So essentially what this is saying is he was so emotionally drained. And the resolve of that was to rest. The resolve of that was to eat. The resolve of that was to meet the basic needs. And here's the other thing. Rest is a basic need. Basic need. Just like you need to brush your teeth. Just like you need to do eat. You need rest. And so when we're running on edge or we have insomnia and we don't sleep at night and we have all these things, you're not meeting your basic needs. So there's no expectation for you to even be able to do the things that you're adequately able to do if you're not even rested. And so y'all have to stop beating yourself up for feeling as though I'm not showing up when you're really depleted. You are actually very depleted. And it's, it's, it's become so, so frustrating for yourself, but really the actual matter of it is you don't have the A, B, C, D, one, two, three, because you have to start with step A. So when we're talking, so I'm talking about procrastination. Yes, I'm saying this in all these other ways, but there are some really basic things you really can do to start being able to deal with this. So one with procrastination, how you can work to overcome it, recognize what's stopping you. 
Is it that you need rest? Is it that there's a period of time for the last quarter of the year that you really need to focus on your own self-care? I had a client who we were talking in the, um in my program and she was saying how she wanted to do these goals, but she recognized that for a good number of t- a good period of time she hadn't really been working working on her self-care. And I said before you even try to deal with any other thing, you need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on your self-care. You need to focus on pouring into you on a daily basis, getting enough rest, making sure you eat. Because there is no way you can act, act adequately add these things to your schedule if your basic needs aren't met. These things will end up taking away your basic needs. And so what is stopping you? On the other side of that, if we're talking about people who have their basic needs but just aren't doing the things that they know they can do, like taking care of their home or their families or going after the goals that you have for yourself, what is stopping you? Is it distractions? Is it social media? Is it handling too many people's other things? Is it trauma? Is it these things that you think are boggling you down when in all actuality, you really just have to recognize what is it stopping you? Second thing you need to do is take inventory of your life. What do you do on a daily basis that takes up your time? What do you do on a weekly basis that takes up your time? What do you do hour by hour that takes up your time. The third thing is proper planning and execution. If you have proper planning and, and you don't execute, then it's just planning. Most of the time you think you need more information and really you just need to execute what you with the information you already got. We sometimes soak up so much information that we don't then we say, Oh my God, that's so good, or oh my god, that quote was bomb. But are you really ap- applic- applying the actual information that you're receiving? Have y'all been hearing me talk for almost three years about going to counseling and never taking the step to actually then go find a therapist? Have never then taken the step or if you tried a couple times and you didn't mesh well with them, you just stopped and said, well, therapy wasn't for me, but you didn't really put in the work to try. I have failed my LCSW test two times and I'm going to take it again and I'm going to keep taking it until it's time for me to pass. Why? Because the failure doesn't determine my identity. You not finding a therapist in that time doesn't determine that you don't need to try again. You just have to try. And so there's this giving up mentality instead of really just executing it in the proper way. The fourth thing is take from the big, instead of looking at it so big and make it super small. I really like preach this till I'm blue in the face to the girls in my program. Because we at times look at things so big instead of looking at it in a very minuscule, small way. You have to take the big and break it down into chunks. And this is something that is I'm I'm very passionate about because I think that in order for you to be able to feel like you can do something, you have to do one thing. And sometimes that one thing takes you really what you may be thinking may take you three weeks to do may only take you a day. But because you've conceptualized it in your mind as, oh, my God, this is such a big thing. It's really only a small thing. You don't then you don't then do it. You procrastinate it. You put it off to the side. I was reading a book um, once. I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, But it was a girl that was talking about um, time auditing. Essentially, she does productivity and all this kind of stuff. And she said that they did a survey on Americans um, who audited their time, basically tracked what they did throughout the day. And they asked them, okay, how much time does it take you to do all these things? And what they found at the end of the survey was that 
Most Americans said that they basically did activities that equated to close to between 30 to 40 hours a day. There's only 24 hours in a day. So what happened is we overthink how much time something is going to take. And what happens is they basically overthought how much things time was going to take them. And so what they did was then at that point overthought the time, which basically means that we overthink how much time it's going to take us when we really only have 24 hours in a day. And so take the big and make it really, really small, break it down into small chunks. And then number five, rest boundaries and taking care of you. This is how you can, I, I just talked about this, but you really have to understand what procrastination is really rest, having rest, having boundaries and really prioritizing um, your well-being. And I talk about taking care of you. And so these are just like five simple tips. I hope that this episode blessed y'all. I hope it just gave you a mindset of understanding procrastination is more than just this blame and this shame. Like I am not that person to say to you, like, that's what it is. Because I understand that there's way more layers to what we're experiencing right now, especially in this time, than what we understand. The other side of this is that there has to be a reliance on God. But a lot of times we don't have the energy to even muster it up. You have to understand that if that's the case, you have to prioritize that. That needs to be priority number one, your well-being and your relationship with God. And well-being includes taking care of your family, taking care of you, taking care of your mental health. And then with that being just spending time with God. One of the things I'm doing right now is I'm not reading any devotionals. I am literally just opening the Bible and just reading it. So I'm starting in a book and I just take 15 minutes a day, 15 to 30 minutes a day. And I'm just really just reading a book in the Bible. Why am I doing this? Because I think sometimes I'm approaching the Bible. I'm noticing my relationship with God. I've approached the Bible with a motive instead of really, really grasping what is, what, what is, what is the Bible just saying? I like got to a point for myself where I was just like, God, I don't want to approach you always with a motive. I really just want to understand you. I just really want to know what you were about. I really just want to know what these stories meant and let Holy Spirit bring revelation. And I think for me, this practice has been extremely rewarding because what I have gotten was just the eye-opening view of the people in the Bible was turned up. The drama was, was real. I had never read about Elijah, never read about King Ahab before. Never. I told y'all before, like I really kind of stuck to the old, the New Testament, never really dabbled in the Old Testament. But reading the Old Testament now has given me a new view of God that is really who he is, his character. And that is blessing my life. And so even when I might be anxious and want to, you know, go find scriptures on anxiety, I'm like, I want to really just delve into who the Bible, like what the Bible is saying. So I have a translation that I love. I have a study Bible that I love. Um, I will link it below in the show notes for you. Um, But we just have to understand that that becomes priority. Your well-being is a priority, sis. So prioritize that. Again, if you are interested in show up, sis, I believe that it will be such a benefit to you, girl. Like, I would love to have you in the program. Go ahead and apply in the show notes. Um, There will be a link to the episode. I mean, not the episode. The form to fill out um, if you're interested in joining. 
if the if the form is no longer there, then you can sign up for the wait list. So I will change it once I officially close the program for this cohort. But I would love to have you. Um, doors close very soon. And so get in where you can finance this. I would love to serve you um, in this program. So I love y'all. Follow me on Instagram. Share this episode with someone you love that you know would um, love to hear this. And I'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs>